If you were here last week, uh, we neglected to mention it was a special offering Sunday for Erin Dunnigan, uh, Bridging Borders Ministry. She has a missional community in Mexico, and if you want to give to that ministry, it's a, it's a special gift over and above. Please check that or mark that in your, uh, on your check or when you submit it, and uh, we'll make sure that that gets to her next week. We're Mark's Open Secret, Mark chapter 13, big text. Uh, if you have your Bible, uh, why don't you open your text this morning? It's 37 verses. Put on your seatbelt. Uh, let me read the text, and then I'm going to condense it. Trust me. This is all Jesus in Mark chapter 13. If you have a red letter Bible edition, you'll notice that most of it is in red. And I'll do my best to read this in such a way uh, that we gather the drama and the anticipation of it. It's all about end times. Uh, very dramatic text in Mark's gospel as we are nearing the end and the climax, really the, the high point of Mark's gospel. Surely this man was the Son of God. Anyway, Mark chapter 13. As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent Buildings. Do you see all these great buildings? replied Jesus. Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be th thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, that's a hill opposite of the Temple Mount, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, watch out. This phrase continues over and over. Be on guard, watch out. And I'll try to point these out. Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he. And he will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Does that sound like today? I've read this a half a dozen times or more this week. This could have been written last night. Got to find my place. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, Southern California, and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. So you must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogue. Great. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial... Do not worry beforehand about what you will say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but it's the Holy Spirit of God. Brother will betray brother to death. Sister will betray sister to death. And a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All people will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end, great line, great phrase, will be saved. That's like birth pangs right there. That's the beginning. It gets worse. Sorry. 
Verse 14, when you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it is, do, where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea, check this out, flee to the mountains. We run, we go outside. Let no one on the roof of his house go down or enter his house to take anything out. Let no one on the field go back to get their cloak. We run out, we go, we engage. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom God has chosen, God shortened those days. At that time, if anyone looks to you, look, here's the Christ. Or look, there he is. Don't believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect if that were possible. So be on your guard. There it is again. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, geez, and the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth, and to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves Come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Here it is. Be on your guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house. He puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task. He locks his door and turns on his alarm system and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, friends, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. The reading of God's lengthy and holy word right this morning. Mark's open secret is survival guide for life. Okay, could this have been written this morning? This could have been written this morning, or last night, or this week, or this year. This is a survival guide for life, I, I think. I don't know about you, but I have struggles. Does anybody here have struggles? I have struggles. Does anybody? I thank you. I have anxieties. Anybody here? <laughs> it's me and Tim this morning, yeah. Right? I have anxieties. Anybody else? I don't know about anybody here. I compare myself to other people. Does anybody do that? Does anybody? 
I mean, I compare, I compare myself to other speakers, other writers, other pastors, other ch- you see what I'm saying? And I haven't even talked about other struggles. Relationship struggles. Anybody have those? Don't answer. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. That would be great. Right? It's a survival guide for life. There's, life is a struggle. The struggle is real. I have doubts. Does anybody here have doubts? One of the things I struggle with, I think perhaps the most even right now in doing what I do, is in a world that seems to thrive on ambiguity and truthiness, is there any room for conviction? And is there, even more than that, is there any room for anything other than personal conviction to impact a community? Anybody struggle with that? I want to show you a video clip, it's about three minutes long, of a, a, com, a comedian. Do we have this? Check this out. It's, it's comedy and truth wrapped into three minutes. I think you're going to like this, you know? New York City, I want y'all to give it up to my man, holding it down. Y'all going y'all gonna to like this cat, I like this cat a lot. Give it up for my man, Taylor Molly. In case you hadn't realized, it has somehow become uncool to sound like you know what you're talking about. (laughs) Or believe strongly in what you're, like, saying. (laughs) Invisible question marks and parenthetical you knows and you know what I'm saying have been attaching themselves to the ends of our sentences, even when those sentences aren't, like, questions. Declarative sentences, so-called because they used to, like, you know, declare things to be true, okay? As opposed to other things that are, like, totally, you know, not. (laughs) They've been infected by this tragically cool and totally hip interrogative tone. As if I'm saying, don't think I'm a nerd just because I've, like, noticed this, okay? I have nothing personally invested in my own opinions. I'm just, like, inviting you to join me on the bandwagon of my own uncertainty. (laughs) What has happened to our conviction? Where are the limbs out on which we once walked? Have they been, like, chopped down with the rest of the rainforest? You know? (laughs) Or do we have, like, nothing to say? (laughs) Has society just become so filled with these conflicting feelings of (laughs) that we've just gotten to the point where we're the most aggressively inarticulate generation (laughs) to come along since, you know, a long time ago? So I implore you, 
I entreat you and I challenge you to speak with conviction, to say what you believe in a manner that bespeaks the determination with which you believe it. Because contrary to the wisdom of the bumper sticker, it is not enough these days to simply question authority. You gotta speak with it, too. Not a bad point. It's kind of funny, right? <laughs> Thanks for your laughter. Okay, we can't. So, struggle. Is there certainty? Is there conviction? And is it found in this text? I think so, you know. We can make it through the struggle, my friends, we can. This thing called life, even unto death, by committing to these three convictions. There are three convictions, I believe, coming out of this text. 37 verses down to three. It's Mother's Day. Yeah. Conviction one, remain calm. Remain calm. Remain calm. Jesus unpacks for us a whole series of cataclysmic events. And I think he does it so that we watch, we be on guard in order to remain calm. Keep the bubble. You know what I mean by that? Contractors, levels, keep the bubble. First Peter, another text for times of tribulation and struggle and difficulty and uncertainty and doubt and bewilderment. In other words, don't panic. Dial down the drama. It's just the beginning. The struggle is real, but these are just birth pains. So watch out. Be on guard. Why? The Holy Spirit will give us words. We will make it through. You will be safe. You may not be alive, but you will be saved. That's a conviction worth thinking about. So remain calm. We play for a different team now. It's called the kingdom of God. Conviction two. Engage. When we remain calm, we're still free while the rest of the world is running off at the mouth. Oh, so much could be said, but I don't want to become that. And acting like children, we remain calm so we can engage, run outside, go outside. See, the temptation in struggle is to hide. 
is to pull the covers over the eyes and act like there's nothing happening. It's to build walls to hide in and campuses to beautify. And the Spirit of God says, no, no. In the midst of the struggle, the people of God remain calm and they run out into the chaos. This, I love this phrase, first responders. You've heard that before, right? Who do, when we think of first responders, who do we think of? Firemen and women and police officers, right? No, Christians. Christians were the first responders back in the day. They would run out into the midst of the chaos. And they were the hands and feet of Christ. Why? Remain calm in order to engage. We're not called to be safe. We're called to go outside. Just to run, to go out there. That's what it means to be church. And it's rarely on this campus. It's outside. It's over there. It's across the street. It's our neighbors next door. It's in the field where we work. Sorry. It's in the places where we work and we study and we play. It's in our neighborhoods. That's where the real hurts are and habits and hang-ups. Run outside. Flee outside. Go, verse 14. Engage. Well, I haven't forgotten that this is Mother's Day. Father's Day is coming. Today we celebrate women. Women, I think, are better at this than men. You see, we're not holy huddlers. We're first responders. You think back to the, to the days of Martin Luther King, Jr., I'm convinced that had not Rosa Parks sat down, Martin Luther King would not have stood up. Women are the forerunners to engagement more often than not. Ida Wells, before Rosa Parks, was one of the first African-American women to stand up in the face of injustice and speak. Before Rosa Parks, before Martin Luther King Jr., Ida Wells. She visited 12 men who were falsely accused of, African-American men who were falsely accused of a crime and they were awaiting death row. She visited them in prison. She went in to see the 12 men and they were reading their Bible, praying, and singing and waiting to be executed. She walked in. you got to love this woman. I, I, it's a great story. She said, why are you praying the way you're praying? You believe in the God of Paul and Silas, and when they prayed, God opened the prison doors and they were freed. Why don't you pray like that? A year later, one of the freed prisoners visited her family in Chicago and said, the day that she left, we stopped praying the way we prayed. And we prayed to be freed. And every single one of us, all 12 now, are enjoying our freedom. Engaged. Staying engaged. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. The origins of Mother's Day. Does anybody know what they are? You know when it started? You're going to love this. I won't tell you the whole story because I don't want to ruin Mother's Day. Civil War. 
Civil War period. Uh, Ann Jarvis. Ann Jarvis lived in Virginia, and she didn't like the fact that there were wounded soldiers from the north and the south, and she began caring. She began caring for wounded soldiers from the north and the south in her home. And not only that, she organized women's day clubs, is what she called them. Gathered other women together in the neighborhood to care for wounded soldiers that weren't getting adequate care from their prospective sides. She was the hands and feet of Christ. She remained calm and she engaged. Despite the chaos and the struggle that was going on around her. And it morphed after the Civil War. It became neighborhood Mother's Day clubs where women were organizing together in their neighborhoods and communities to take care of health issues that were not being met in their neighborhood. Isn't that a great story? That's the origin of Mother's Day. That's why we gather today. Because people remained calm and they engaged. And they engaged. Third conviction. Going as fast as I can. And it comes right out of the text. Remember all these things. Heaven and earth, they're going to pass away, friends. These stones are going to all be knocked down. The temple will be destroyed. It will be a horrible sight. It's going to all be gone. But the word of God will stand forever. Amen? Thank you. My presbycostal friend. Right in the second row, man. Remember this. It's all going to go away. Except Jesus the Christ. But it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to lose hope. It's so easy to start running off at the mouth. It's so easy to hide in the corner because we're afraid. And Jesus says, remain calm. Stay engaged. And don't ever, ever forget. There is another way to be a human being. To be a member of a team called A New Way to Be Human. And it gospels good news wherever it goes. Will you repeat after me? This is the audience participation section. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. I'm going to say... I'm going to ask you to say, I commit to remain calm. Okay, let's do this again. I commit to remain calm. Not bad. Number two, I commit to engage. Are you committed yet? Are you ready to, to run outside? No, you're not. You're not. I can hear this. Let's do let's start from the top. I commit to remain calm. I commit to engage. Thank you. That was a that was a little bit better. And thirdly, I commit to remember. Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, they will never pass.
Let's pray. The struggle is real for me and everyone here. And yet, God, you've got this. And yet, God, you've got this. God, you've got this. God, you've got this. God, you've got this. This, you've got this. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. The struggle is real. In your name we pray, amen.